The following is an encore episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Any email addresses, web URLs, or other time-specific information may no longer apply. Please visit davidaspect.com for more information. Thanks for listening. This is David Specht, president of Biz. Have you ever wondered what all the buzz is about Biz? Well, simply put, Biz is about business. We have a host of products and content aimed at keeping you educated and informed. From our print publication to our website and this podcast, Biz is about your business. To learn more, visit us online at www.bizmagsb.com. That's www.bizmagsb.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast, practical advice for today's busy business leader. And now your hosts, David Speck and Jerry Frentress. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast. I'm Jerry Frentress. And I'm David Speck. And we are your hosts for this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. David, what's the topic we're covering today? Well, it's not really a topic. Um, we're going to start what I'm calling the Biz Tools Book Club. I believe that leaders read and readers lead, and so we want to give our audience some tools that they can use in the form of books that they can read and apply to their business today. Okay, great. How does this work? Well, let's just kind of, we're going to go back and forth. I've asked you to bring three books, and I've got three books here, and let's just kind of talk about what these books mean to us. Why do we feel like they're relevant today? And maybe a little bit about the book itself in, in detail to kind of help our listeners understand why we suggest they read them. <clears throat> okay. Well, since you own the joint, you can go first. All right. One of my favorite books of all time is The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea by Bob Berg. Now, um, I know Bob just a little bit because uh, thanks to Twitter, you learned about Twitter in a previous episode, Jerry. Thank you. And and this book kind of resonated with me because it's more about giving instead of getting. And the book is very short. I actually read it in, I think, one sitting. So it, it kind of, I've got ADD when it comes to reading. I, I, I don't, I get easily distracted. So smaller books help me stay focused. But the other thing that I like about it and, and, and very few um, business books do this. There's a few out there, but it's written in parable form. Bob actually tells a story, and in the story are the lessons for we as, as leaders are to learn. And there, there's five business principles that he covers in there. I won't go into those because for time, but but at the end of the day, it kind of changed your thinking. It there, There's principles like, you know, giving more in value than you require in payment and doing other things that, that help facilitate that i mean and and it starts with a, a story about a fellow by the name of joe who's a go-getter and he's just really dissatisfied with the way things are going at work he's not hitting his goals he's not getting his his um his he's not achieving like he helped to achieve and so he goes to this fellow by the who's called the connector who's really well known in circles as a as a great man of business and the connector begins to teach him these lessons on on various visits and he shows sends him to different people to meet that illustrate the lesson it's a really really good book it's a really short read and it really applies to business today and it, it sounds like it was fun too oh i i loved it that's what i like about the short stories, uh, parables, uh, things I can relate to, 
tells a story that is meaningful and gives it's fun to read and makes this learning process enjoyable. Okay, my first book was Positioning, or is, Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. One of uh, my favorite authors are Reese and Trout, Al Reese and Jack Trout. This was one of the very, very first books I read. I think I got it in college. And it's entitled Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. And it talks about, in marketing, which was a subject of our previous uh, podcast, that uh, about marketing, that they're trying to, marketers are trying to get into your head first. So the, the, they want you to see their product the way they want you to see it. And I, when I give lectures and I talk about this, this uh, book, I talk about the, uh, going into uh, a discount store and a long line of, of uh, toothpaste uh, on shelves, and it seems like it just goes on and on and on. But somehow I know how to find the one box I want because they got into my mind, and I know that I'm going to have a starburst on my teeth in the morning, <laughs> bing, after I use um, this particular toothpaste. Positioning, the battle for your mind, how they're trying to get into your mind. This is not a creepy deal. It's just a, a bread, beer, whatever you want to talk, uh, talk about. And so it gives you an idea of what marketing is all about and how that when we talked about marketing, how it's going to cover needs to cover everything from mm -hmm. the manufacturing of the product to the uh, delivery of the product, to shelving of the product, the, the cover on the book, the cover on the bo box, whatever it might be. Well, and, and, you know, getting into someone's mind is easy but how they perceive you in their mind is where the hard part of marketing come comes into play and and how you present it and like you said from brand to product to message you know all of those work together to to give the vision in your mind of what this thing is like you said you knew which toothpaste was going to give you the sparkle when you smiled after brushing your teeth, even though there's probably less than 1% of difference between all the toothpastes on the shelf. So, you know, the battle for the mind in that is just, you know, if you can get a hold of that, and I'm sure this book helps in that area, that, that, that's, you know, 90% of the, the battle in marketing. It is. And uh, recent trout wrote another book that's a favorite of mine called 22 immutable laws of marketing. And it goes, goes along with the positioning a book because they're going to talk about it's better to be first, the first law. And this caused me to, my eyeballs, I guess, rolled back in my head as I tried to think about what, what is this saying? And the first one was, it's better to be first than it is to be better. Mm. And so recent Trout in both books are talking about you're going to market your product, you want to be first into my head. Mm -hmm. You want to get, you don't have to be the very first product in the marketplace, but the first one into my head with the message about your product or your service. 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, Reese and Trout, Al Reese, R-I-E-S, and Jack Trout, T-R-O-U-T. Let me take this moment just to share with the audience, um, all of the books that we're discussing today, we will have links in the show notes with taking you to Amazon where you can buy them. It is an affiliate link, so we'll get a little bit of a kickback. It's not much. I mean, the margins on books aren't that great. But if you'll follow that link, you'll be able to get the book. And most of them are available either as a hardcover, softcover, or, or even a Kindle book. So, you know, there's no excuse. You should be able to, to get a copy of the book if you're interested in it. Now, let me tell you about my second favorite book. And this is one you gave me, Jerry, for Christmas. And it is called Leadership in the One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard. Now, this is yet another parable type book 
where um, the, the the premise of the story is this this individual is having a hard time in management. He just doesn't understand, you know, why, you know, he can't apply the same rules and the same methods and the same approach to everybody. And so the one minute manager, he goes to the one minute manager for help. And then the one minute manager takes him around to all of his um, directs and explains and has them in their words explain to him what type of management style works best on them and how the one minute manager applies that. You know, some people need to have an A, B, C, D, and I'm going to check you after D to make sure everything's okay. Some people, you just need to tell them what the goal is and, and kind of leave it up to them of how to get there. And, and what the one minute manager was saying is you have to identify which management style works best with each, with each individual. And it may not always be the one that you suspect. You, have, you might have to dig a little bit deeper to see which management style works really well. This was a great book for me because I'm in you know upper management in my company and there are varied individuals who work under me and some people need a little bit of a, of a of an encouragement like a cheerleader to to get where we need to go some of them need a kick in the pants to get where they need to go and some of them just need to say here's where we're going meet you when we get there and it took me a while to understand how you had to apply different styles based upon that individual that just because they don't react in one style does not mean they're a bad employee. It just means you're applying the wrong management style to them. And it has really opened my eyes as far as how to approach that particular um, aspect of, of, of what I do. And how did you find, how do you find out what the other person needs from you? You listen, listen, you listen, you talk to them, you ask them about their life. You ask them what's important. You find out from them with a little bit of investigation, what would work best, you know, and and people will tell you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've heard so many people, you know, just leave me alone and let me finish the job. Or you'll have that one person that runs into your office every five minutes to tell you what the next step they accomplished. And when you recognize that you can kind of guide them on the path, not so much to, to, to keep them from eroding your time, but really understanding that they need that, that reassurance and that affirmation. And so you, if you take the offensive in the affirmation, they won't be coming to your office as much because you're already has gone there and, and, and told them they're doing a good job or found out what's going on. Okay. That inserts a book I didn't bring to the table today. So maybe I'm going to go for four while we talk, if I can, Uh, Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people listening. Seek first to understand, then be understood. And he was talking about, listen, and you'll, the person will tell you how to sell them. The person will tell you how to manage them. The person will tell you how to lead them, uh, what works best for them, how you should talk to them, and all that type of stuff. Really a great book. Changed my uh, way of doing business and the way I conduct my personal life. Seek first to understand, then be understood. And when I was a young leader... You know, just because of my position, my family name, I, I was always elevated into roles of leadership, even if I didn't carry the title. And I found myself doing it wrong. I found myself not listening, but trying to solve the problem without taking in all the. It's like trying to solve a crime without gathering all the evidence. You know, you're going to make mistakes. And one of the things I've learned now is I start the majority of my meetings one on one with a direct tell me what's going on. I have questions about this. Explain to me where you're at. Explain to me where your head is. Explain to me where the project is going before I try to jump in. Another thing that I've learned 
and, and it may be in the, in, in the book that you're referring to as well, is actually listening and not simply trying to fashion a response. Take in the information at face value, take it in and process it first. Many times we as leaders already have in our head what we want to say, and we're just looking for that one break in the conversation to insert it. That, that, that can erode a leader's effectiveness pretty quickly. And so what you've got to do is you've got to listen, which leads to another book that I don't have at the table, but 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. This is probably the preeminent book on leadership in my life. One of the things that John says in his book over and over and over again is leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And if you think about that, everything we do affects the influence that we have on others, whether it's directly or maybe they see it from afar on how we treat someone else. But every action that we take affects that influence. And if that affects our influence, then that affects our ability to lead. And so if we're not listening, if we're simply just railroading over people, even if we think we've got the better solution, we're eroding the influence and becoming an ineffective leader. Now, an ineffective leader ends up being a one-man show at one point or another because nobody will follow him. You know, they say if you turn around and nobody's behind you, you're not leading. That is a that's something that we have got to understand as leaders is we're only as good as the people who are willing to follow us. And people like to follow, I think. Mm -hmm. They like to follow. They want to follow somebody that listens to them, mm -hmm. hears them out, and you don't even have to do what they, they tell you that they would think you should do. They just want to know that you're listening to them and hearing them out, as you were just saying. That brings me to... Uh, as you were talking just then, one of my favorite quotes, which is, comes from me, that we're all in sales and we're all selling ourselves mm -hmm. all the time. Right. And our number one product, of course, is ourselves. And a good leader knows that, mm -hmm. that he's being watched or she's being watched. And how she does that or he does, whatever he does, is, is sending out, is selling himself or herself to the people around them. Well, and... Another thing that we have to think of as leaders, and this is what I learned from my marriage relationship with my wife and probably researching, you know, we, my wife and I have been through a lot of couple seminars and, and Christian based, uh, couples training and men and women think differently. And you have to understand that as a leader, because chances are you're going to have members of, of, of both gender in your, um, in your corporation, but sometimes women they don't want you to solve the problem. They just want you to listen so they can get it all out. That's how they process information is by, by talking about it and by working it out. And I was always trying to fix, 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 fix. And that was not fixing anything. And so learning that has helped me understand in the business world how to handle certain situations. Now, granted, that's a broad brush, you know, not all men act, you know, not all men try to fix and not all women have to, you know, vent it all out. But as a general rule, yes, that does apply. And so when I have someone come into my office, immediately my brain goes to how's the best way to process what they're about to tell me? Are they coming in here for me to solve a problem? Or are they merely coming in here to share information and, and work it out through their own talking? Okay, my next book is entitled Raving Fans. It's written by Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles. Uh, I quote this book all the time talk, when I talk about service, that you, 
the author is saying, if you're uh, wanting the customer to come back, if you're wanting the client to come back, want them to buy more from you and do other things with you and grow your business, you have to look at making them into raving fans for your business. And he talks about what is a raving fan. Uh, that's not the person who says everything's great, everything's fine, <laughs> exactly. the F word, everything's fine, which means on a scale of one to 10 for me, what's a fine? It's a five, maybe. Right, yeah, you haven't moved the needle at all if it's, a, if it's fine. And I want more from uh, my clients. I want them to recommend me. I want them to buy, buy more from me. I want them to buy consistently from me. I want them to give me leads for other clients that I can deal with and work with. That's a raving fan. And the book is great about telling stories about businesses. And my favorite in the book is a, a story about a fellow who decided he wanted to open up a taxi cab. I don't know if it's a company or just one taxi cab. And it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And a uh, pretty amazing story about what's the, what he made the difference in his taxi cab, which I have my own. Everybody has their own uh, vision of a taxi cab. Pardon me. <clears throat> and this guy is doing all kinds of things, including having drinks, water, uh, soda pop, uh, music, whatever you want. And here's while we drive down the road. Do you want me to talk? you want me to be quiet? Here's the daily newspaper. Here's the USA Today. He has all of this small things built into his, uh, his clean, uh, very clean uh, car, and he's transporting uh, these people to and from. And he talks about when he gets out of the car, what does he get? He gets a big tip. Mm -hmm. And number two, the people ask, can you give me your card so I can, I can call you when I come back to town? Have you ever done that in a restaurant, by the way? Have you ever had a, a waiter or waitress that was so good you find out when they're working so that you can ask to sit in their section. There was a, a gentleman at a, a local Mexican restaurant here in town that for years, I knew he was working the lunch crowd. He, he worked, um, I think it was Tuesday through Saturday. And every time I went in there, I said, can I please sit in Rodney's section? Because I knew that not only would I be taken care of, I would be taken care of well. And he would be the type of individual that if anything was just out of place at all, if, if, if the meal was a minute late, if the chips were, were, were not there, you know, as, as we're sitting down, he was going to go make it right. And he was going to, you know, he was going to jack up somebody if you had, if you had to. And I just remember, I said, gosh, you know, this is the type of people we need around us all the time. You, you know, this should not be the exception to the rule, but yet it is. Therefore, anyone who provides an, an increased level of customer service sets themselves apart from, from the norm and they do well and they, they get the bigger tips and they get the referrals. You know, we're in a referral world today and, and you know, with, with online and, and, and social media, we're all about referrals. You know, I don't know about you, but I read the, um, I read the reviews on Amazon of books before I pick them up. And I don't know who these people are, but I'm figuring if they took the time to review the book on Amazon, then they, you know, there might be something to it. Or I look and see how many stars there are or, or whatever. In a referral type world like this, in a reviewable type world, someone who provides excellent customer service at the same or even a higher price point is still going to get the business. Correct. Uh, I'm uh you're talking about a waiter, waiter or waitress. My favorite thing to do in a restaurant is to ask the waiter or waitress for their name. 
Uh, and then from then on, I'm, I'm asking uh, David, uh, I'd like more of this, mm -hmm. more of that, David here, David there. And I, the one I remember the most, he turned, uh, it was a guy, and he gave me his name, and then he turned and kind of looked at me sideways and said, what's your name? <laughs> I said, well, my name's Jerry. And from then on, Jerry, you want more of this? You want more of that, Jerry? How about this, Jerry? How about that, Jerry? And, of course, the, uh, the bill got a little uh, larger than I anticipated that it would be, but, but it was all, all because uh, we were talking to each other first person about taking care of our, ourselves. I have another story about a restaurant that is just out of this world. There's an uh, Italian restaurant chain where usually they have someone, some lady, who is uh, from a local college or whatever that sings opera, and they'll sing mm -hmm. uh, Happy Birthday in uh, Italian or like an opera singer. And uh, this lady uh, was waiting on my table with a, with a prospective uh, client of mine, and she was working this other table over here that had a, a man and a couple of kids. And she went over to that table and had the ticket in hand and, and set it down on the table. And then she looked at the kids and said, kids, what are your favorite songs? And they <laughs> named a couple of Disney films, something mm -hmm. or other. And, boy, she broke out oh, singing wow. that so the song. And the kids were just swinging back and forth. And that guy sitting there filling out the, the check, uh, the bill, his credit card. And then his head be going up and up. <laughs> well, she walked over, and I said, well, what about singing for us? And she said, well, what's your favorite uh, Broadway play? And I said, uh, how about Oklahoma? And she broke into, oh, oh. Oklahoma. <laughs> well... I would, after, that she did that after she gave me the credit card to fill out. So mm -hmm. the, the tip went up and up and I'm up. Sure, up. I'm all sure. I'm sure. All about personalized service. I became, I look back on my, uh, my, my career as a purchaser of products or services. I became a raving fan. Mm -hmm. And I put it in my ravingness, if that's a word, went into the credit card tip, it says, and I'm adding to that because I am. It's not about the food. It wasn't about how good the food was. Food was okay, mm -hmm. but it was about this service that I was getting, this entertainment that I was getting uh, at the restaurant or wherever it was at, uh, using my name or singing a song or whatever it might be. Something silly, something easy, but it's. I became a raving fan, and it paid off for her. Well, and you know, let, let's talk about a raving fan. Not only did it pay off in the area of maybe your tip went up. But how many times have you told that story in the last, you know, however many years since it had took place? Probably 56 times. You know, and, and if, if they're still doing it at that same restaurant, I'm sure somebody comes up to you, well, what restaurant were you talking about or or whatever? You know, that's what it's all about is, is you know, providing great customer service takes you beyond a product because the product there is the food, but it, it turns it into an experience. And when someone has an experience – they have a memory, and when somebody has a memory, they share it. And, and it could be either side of the of the experience level. I mean, it could be a good experience or a bad experience. When someone has an experience, they tend to share it with others. So what if uh, someone listening to this podcast, pod, uh, tool, podcast, Biz Tools podcast, let me get it right, uh, if they have a great experience too, can they send it to us? Yes, yes. If they'll go to the show notes at biztoolspodcast.com, find our episode, and, and put it into the, um, the comment section, that way people can share their experiences, you know, positive or negative, where you had great customer service and you became a raving fan, or you had poor customer service and you, 
and you told a few people about it and probably impacted the bottom line of that business. Which brings me to my final book for this podcast. Now, let me give a caveat. This is not a parable. This is not a feel-good piece, but it is very, very effective. And that is the book Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Now, those who know me personally know that I've followed Dave Ramsey for years, and Entree Leadership came out probably about a year and a half, two years ago. Entree Leadership is the merging of entrepreneurship and leadership. It's the story of how Dave took his company from a card table in his living room to this multi-billion dollar brand in the United States. But it also shows the principles by which they operate. And it is written in such a way that it can become a business reference book. You can go back to, to various chapters over and over again. It addresses everything from how to find vendors, how to pay salespeople, how to um, operate within your business, how to brand outside the business, all of these things. D Dave says, says it this way, because, you know, in, in a lot of circles, people have only known Dave for, for a relatively short amount of time. And he said, you know, it took us 15 years to become an overnight success. Right. And in this book, Dave really, really lines it up. Yes, it starts at the beginning with a little history, but then it is, it is straight application from that point forward. It is not theory. It, this is what they do. And they actually have um, seminars that they put on for business leaders. These people either fly into Nashville where they're based, or they'll have it in Orlando or in Arizona. They'll have five-day master series events or three-day other events or a one-day event really honed in at, at, at tearing a business down and, and showing you how you can do it better because it has changed. What worked 30 years ago as far as running your business does not work today. Let me reiterate that. What you did 30 years ago does not necessarily apply today. The world has changed. People have changed. The market has changed. It's so much faster. It is so much more personal. And, and you have to set the tone as a leader to make sure that your business follows suit, that your business does create raving fans, that your business does create an experience, that, that you are set apart. Because if not, the time frame of success versus failure is much shorter. You can fail very, very fast in this day and age. And this book is just it's amazing and and one of the things that dave has embraced whether you get the hard copy or the um or the ebook you know whether it's you know on a kindle or on your ipad or whatever dave also has these videos that are that are embedded and you say well how you embed a video in a book in the in the hard copy book it's on a what they call a qr code that you can scan with your phone and it brings the video up and dave does some actual teaching and some actual anecdotes to explain and further bring out the point of the lesson that he's that, that's in various chapters. It's really, really an amazing book. But again, it's not just it's not for casual reading. It's not for someone who's just going to blow through it. This is really a book for someone who is interested in applying principles to their business today. And if you do that, you'll begin to see some success. And it's a, again, it's a really good book. If there's, if there's one in the whole list that, that, that we've addressed today that I would highly recommend, it would be this book from the standpoint as if you're ready to take your business to a different level or if you're looking to start a business, 
this book will get you going down the right path. But they're going to have to work at it. They're going to have to apply it. One of the the quotes you you share in each one of these podcasts is about knowledge. Yes. And we've all heard that knowledge is power. And I I came across this quote uh, from another author, and, and I don't know who it was. It said, uh, "No, not not necessarily. Knowledge is not power. It it's opportunity. It's potential." And so applied knowledge becomes powerful. And so and all these authors, mm-hmm. especially the last one there, he, he's going to share with you a lot of great ideas if you will apply them. Yes. You know, one time I considered myself a sponge. I was just grabbing everywhere. And I, and I still do this today, you know, trying to find out new information from wherever I can get it. But if all it does is come into me and never goes out from me, then it's a waste of time. There's people right now in graduate school. There's people in teaching graduate school. They may have five, they may have an MBA, a PhD, or whatever, but they've never applied what they've learned. In my opinion, that's been a waste of a good education. It's the people who take what they learn and they apply it are the ones that you see success. And let me let, let me explain to you something. You can't have ADD when it comes to that. You have to go with a long-term approach and apply it over the long haul. If you go try it tomorrow and it just didn't work, well, that's not applying it. I'm talking about applying it with a long-term approach. Then you'll see results over time. Uh, I have clients who, who talk about that, and then my, my response is always, what's the plan? Have you sat down and figured out, how am I going to apply this, what I've got, this knowledge that I have, and how am I going to put it together and make it work for my business? All right, then. That's the, the BizTool podcast for this week. Um, we hope you found the information today useful for your business. Absolutely. Every time we do one of these shows, it's about helping you and your business. If you have any questions or you want to share something with us that we can use, please post them in the comments section of the show notes. We'll do our best to answer your questions. And that's at our new web address again, www.biztoolspodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio. We're still trying to add us to a few other services out there because I know not everybody has an iPhone. But if you do have an iPhone and you said, I've never subscribed to a podcast, what's a podcast anyway? Is this what I'm listening to? Yes, it is. And you can subscribe to it and not have to go to the website. And we have a very helpful video at biztoolspodcast.com, which explains exactly step by step how to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You need to do one for Twitter so I can watch that (laughs) myself now that I've been given some instruction. I'm tweeting, I guess. We'd love for you to rate our podcast on iTunes so that the more people will know about it. So until next time, remember, applied knowledge is power. Be the leader you were always meant to be. On behalf of Dave and myself, Jerry, so long, folks.